Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Back to the moon. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Friday, February 23rd. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. For the first time in more than 50 years, the United States has made a lunar landing. Here, what's ahead for the spacecraft called Odysseus. Huge day for stocks. The Nasdaq and S&P 500 were both higher by more than 2% after the earnings report from NVIDIA. AT&T says it has restored service after a nationwide outage. The FBI and Homeland Security are investigating the cause. And business executives taking a page from celebrity playbooks by hiring stylists. The tech guys I spoke with were incredibly efficiency-minded. They were like, I want to have a, a, a brief in the morning, I want to go shop in the afternoon, I want to be told what to wear in the evening, and I want to be done by the end of the day. And they're willing to pay for that. Jacob Gallagher at the Wall Street Journal on white-collar guys who find it complicated to choose a pair of pants. The family of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny is seeking justice for his recent death in an Arctic prison. The wife and daughter of the Kremlin critic met with President Biden in San Francisco yesterday, while Navalny's mother released a video saying Russian officials had shown her the body in a morgue but would not release it to her. Navalny's mother says Russian authorities demanded that he be buried in secret, but she didn't agree to it, despite what she called attempts to blackmail her. In Washington, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. This is the man's mother. Uh, It's not enough that she gets to see uh, the body of her son. She should be able to collect the body of her son so that she can properly memorialize her son. Meanwhile, the United States will impose sanctions on over 500 targets today on what's the start of the third year of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. On a related note, the Biden administration has officially warned Moscow against deploying a nuclear-capable anti-satellite weapon. The Justice Department says four foreign nationals are under arrest and charged with transporting suspected Iranian-made weapons on a vessel intercepted by U.S. naval forces in the Arabian Sea. Two Navy SEALs died during that mission off the Somali coast. We get more from this morning's Mike Gavin. The criminal complaint unsealed yesterday in Richmond, Virginia, alleges that the four defendants, who were all carrying Pakistani ID, were transporting suspected Iranian-made missile components last month for the type of weapons used by Houthi rebel forces in recent attacks. In a news release, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco said the flow of missiles and other advanced weaponry from Iran to Houthi rebel forces in Yemen threatens the people and interests of America and our partners in the region. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. The affidavit states that crew members on the unflagged vessel had been in contact multiple times by satellite phone with a member of Iran's paramilitary Revolutionary Guard. The United States is back on the moon for the first time since 1972 and for the first time with a privately built spacecraft. The spacecraft, named Odysseus, landed near the south pole of the moon last evening, about 239,000 miles from Earth. It's from a Texas company called Intuitive Machines, and it's carrying a suite of scientific instruments and technology demonstrations for NASA and several commercial customers. It's designed to operate for seven days on solar energy before the sun sets over the polar landing site, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. A new adventure in science, innovation, and American leadership in space, well, all of that aced the landing of a lifetime. To date, spacecraft from just four other countries have ever landed on the moon. The former Soviet Union, 
China, India, and most recently, just last month, Japan. The United States is the only one to ever have sent humans to the lunar surface. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Friday. This year's Conservative Political Action Conference is doubling as a coronation of sorts for former President Trump, underscoring the extent to which he has taken over the GOP. In-depth analysis now from Caroline Vakil, campaigns reporter at The Hill. Caroline, what's it like at CPAC this year? CPAC has slowly become, you know, what they've sort of dubbed as more of a coronation. This is a very Trump-friendly crowd. Um, it was certainly that way last year when Trump made an appearance and um, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, both Nikki Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis were both invited to attend this year, but neither is scheduled to, to go to this one. And, and for good reason, because this is a Trump-friendly crowd. A lot of attendees we see are wearing their signature cherry red um, Make America Great Again hats. A lot of them, um, you know, are very much aligned with the former president. And we see a lot of speakers who are also Trump allies. You know, you've got House uh, Republican Conference Chair Ali Stefanik, Senators Tommy Tuberville, J.D. Vance, um, you know, a slew of people. And so it's becoming more and more the, the, the convention of Trump, or as it was dubbed to us last year, TPAC, mm. um, instead of CPAC. So that's kind of what we're looking at with Trump sort of slated to give remarks at noon on Saturday. And so explain a little more about his impact on the evolution of CPAC. Definitely. Well, so, it, you know, it wasn't always this way. I mean, in 2015, when he came to CPAC, he was, he was met with a bit of skepticism. Fast forward, you know, many years later, and, and this is sort of seen as, as one of the most Trump-friendliest crowds, you know, uh, Sean Spicer kind of likened this as as close to a campaign event as you can get. And because of that, you know, a couple different reasons. Um, of course, you know, we have to take into the fact that he's a, a former, you know, president. And so, you know, I think there's a large part of the base that he still resonates with. A lot of his policies, a lot of the direction in terms of foreign policy, for example, that Republicans are moving towards, you know, he, he has been running parallel to that. Um, going from, you know, the U.S. being more of an interventionist country to more isolationist. He's kind of been running towards the kind of um, evolution that the party is making itself. And so, you know, that's why we started seeing such a friendly crowd. And I think it's also underscoring the fact that, you know, with Trump basically having most of the Republican primary locked up at this point, um, all but a name, essentially, um, you know, we're sort of seeing this playing out in, in different events. Um, we saw this playing out at the Iowa State Fair where he has massive droves of people coming to see him, including from out of state. In CPAC, it's no different. Um, you know, in D.C. right now, there's another uh, event actually happening, kind of termed by the organization, um, organizers of the anti-CPAC summit. Um, and, you know, you've got a lot of Trump, local anti-Trump critics that are there. Um, you know, like Kinzinger, Raffensperger, all that, showing a little bit of a split screen, but also seeing just how, the cleavage between Republicans and, and where CPAC once was. I mean, we, we used to have former Governor uh, Chris Christie here. We had Senator Mitt Romney here at one point. That, that's very much um, by and large gone. Wow. We're speaking with Caroline Vakil, campaign reporter at The Hill. The story is called Trump Set for Coronation as Conservatives Descend on CPAC. Who's speaking at CPAC this year, by the way, while also angling to be vice president? Sure. 
So we have um, Stephonic, who I mentioned, Vans from Ohio. Um, we also have South Dakota Governor Christy Nome, um, who will also be speaking. Um, Senator Tim Scott is not going to be at CPAC this year. He's going to be in South Carolina, um, ahead of the South Carolina GOP primary that's happening on Saturday. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of angling on display in terms of um, you know, touting loyalty, touting credentials, um, and, you know, nudging a little bit more speculation around the vice presidential pick. And we, we do know the New York Times reported earlier this month that the CPAC straw poll is expected to have a question from attendees about their favorite running mate for Trump. So I think that's just going to encourage more speculation. It may not really factor that much into how Trump selects his actual running mate. Um, but of course, it's, it's going to be a boon to whoever uh, wins that straw poll. Thanks, Caroline. Caroline Fakil, campaign reporter at The Hill. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Alexei Navalny's family met with President Biden in San Francisco yesterday to seek justice for the sudden death of the Russian opposition leader. Navalny's mother said she has seen her son's body in a morgue, but Russian officials will not release it to her. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby. Uh, the Russians need to give her back her son, and they need to answer for what uh, what befell specifically what befell uh, Mr. Navalny. Meanwhile, the U.S. is set to impose sanctions on over 500 Russian targets today in response to Navalny's death and its war with Ukraine. Number two. Intuitive machines, lunar spacecraft successfully reached the moon's surface, surface yesterday evening. Mission Director Dr. Tim Crane with the announcement. We can confirm, without a doubt, as our equipment is on the surface of the moon and we are transmitting. So, congratulations, I am team. We'll see how much more we can get from that. The company's lander named Odysseus is the first U.S. spacecraft to land on the moon since 1972. Number three. AT&T said a nationwide cell phone outage that affected more than 1.7 million customers and disrupted 911 services in several states yesterday morning was caused by an error made while it was expanding its network, not by a cyber attack. Spokesman Jim Greer said AT&T have restored service to all customers by about 3 p.m. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security are investigating. Former U.S. President Donald Trump has asked a federal judge to dismiss criminal charges accusing him of mishandling classified documents when he left the Oval Office. Trump's legal team argues the prosecution is legally flawed and improperly vague. The former president has pled not guilty to the charges. Two flights over the mid-Atlantic earlier this week hit strong high-altitude winds, which resulted in both commercial planes arriving to their destinations about 45 minutes early. How? 265 miles per hour winds were reported, the second highest on file, and resulted in both planes hitting 800 miles per hour during the flight. A typical flight will travel at about 575 miles an hour. That's a nice little boost. you got to wonder 40, what that feels like. 45 minutes early. Right? Easy way to make up time. Just give me some wind. You think anybody threw their hands in the air like a roller coaster ride? Oh, or I do like you think, that. You know, like, I like that. Yeah. Or was it like it's clever tears?
Hey, it's Gordon Deal here to tell you about this game-changing product I use before having a couple of cocktails called Z-Biotics. I can easily feel lousy from just one drink, but I've now found something that helps avoid that miserable feeling the next morning. Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists trying to eliminate that crummy feeling the following day. Here's how it works. When you drink, Alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Whether you're sitting down at home for movie night or maybe out with friends, drink responsibly and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/gordon to get 15% off your first order when you use Gordon at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/gordon and use the code Gordon at checkout for 15% off. Glad you're with us. For most people the term stylist brings to mind a celebrity dressing putting together a bombastic red carpet outfit. But there is also an industry of white-collar stylists helping hapless corporate types find the right shirts and trousers for their daily lives. Here's Jacob Gallagher, men's fashion columnist at The Wall Street Journal. Jacob, what did you find? So, you know, this was a very interesting one to do because, you know, I, I, in my job, you know, cover the high-end fashion world and I cover, you know, what I, as I say, what regular folks wear. So I kind of started reporting the story out actually as I was coming back from Paris Fashion Week and spent a lot of time speaking with um, folks probably like your listeners, you know, folks that work a, a, a white collar job, that go into an office, that might own a business, that might be in, you know, everything from finance to tech to real estate to, you know, all, all over the board. And, and they really, you know, it's interesting. I think we're in this moment with style where there's so many options and it's hard to understand, hey, where should I, what should I wear? What do I wear to the office? What do I wear for a date? And these guys, they of course have to have the capital to pay for it, but they hire these stylists to kind of guide what they wear and give them help uh, on putting outfits together, on shopping and, and on kind of feeling confident. Wow. All right. So what, what do one of these stylist cost and when what do they do for you specifically so it's a range um it is you know i think of the stylist i spoke with it started somewhere around three thousand dollars and went up to about ten thousand dollars and that encompasses you know they when i asked how long that was for the stylist would say well it's a project fee you know if it takes a day frankly which for some of these guys it did take a day they were very you know, particularly the tech guys I spoke with were incredibly efficiency minded. They were like, I want to have, you know, a, a, a brief in the morning. I want to go shop in the afternoon. I want to be told what to wear in the evening and I want to be done by the end of the day. And they're willing to pay for that. Um, but, you know, for some of them, the fee structure is more like a retainer, it seems, where it's, you know, oh, you know, $5,000, I'll help you. You can text me anytime if you want to send me a photo of what you're wearing. I'll help, you know, say, oh, that's a good outfit or that's a not, not a good outfit. And, you know, it was interesting because a lot of these guys I spoke with, they kept saying, you know, oh, the stylist became like my friend. And, and I think that that is very true that over time, you know, you build this relationship up and you're talking about other stuff and you might say, hey, you know, what do you think of this shirt? But you're also kind of be, 
just having conversations about life with them. Wow. So, uh, you know, uh, personal assistant came up, therapist came up. You know, I think that the stylist kind of kind of straddles a lot of lines. Jeez, we're speaking with Jacob Gallagher, men's fashion columnist at the Wall Street Journal. His piece is called Men Used to Have Wives, Now They Have Stylists. Um, you, you open the story by speaking with this uh, Jay Buys. He's the CEO of a, of a web design firm. Can I walk yeah. us what, what he went through? You know, he was a really kind of typical case I found was that he, you know, was moving up the corporate ladder. He was starting his own business and he kept thinking, you know, I just don't know how to put stuff together. I don't have that skill. And that was something that came up a lot when I was talking with guys was this idea that they just didn't feel like they understood. You know, they would go into a meeting or they would walk by someone on the street and they would think, I know instinctively that that guy is well-dressed and that he looks great in his clothes. Yeah. And I don't know how to get there. Right. Thanks, Jacob. Jacob Gallagher, men's fashion columnist at The Wall Street Journal. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. We are America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Friday, February 23. Gordon Deal, Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. The U.S. has made its first moon landing since 1972 and the first by a private company. AT&T says it's restored service to all customers after a nationwide outage. Israel is sending a delegation to Paris this weekend to discuss a ceasefire with Hamas and the release of hostages. The South Carolina primary is tomorrow. The latest complaint from baseball players about the new uniforms in spring training is that the pants are see-through. And the man who finally has a high school diploma at the age of 106. His story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. The businesses of the future are being built in Michigan. Discover how the Michigan Economic Development Corporation can help your business thrive at michiganbusiness.org radio. Nike, Microsoft, Cisco, Levi Strauss, UPS, just a few of the companies that have announced layoffs in recent weeks. Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC, says corporate leaders have tried to show Wall Street that they're aggressively countering inflation-fueled expense increases. Melissa, what are we seeing? So we are seeing companies really across industries, automakers, retailers, airlines, announce cost cuts. And some of them are coming in the form of layoffs, but others are more penny-pinching type things. Like, for example... United Airlines cut first class meals in some of the the first class cabins on some of its shorter flights. So it's these kind of nips and tucks to the budget to signal to investors that companies are more serious about watching the budget. Okay, and Wall Street likes this. 
Yes, they do. One of the best examples of Wall Street receiving cost cuts well is Meta, the parent of Facebook, was really maybe the trendsetter in this area. Mark Zuckerberg, the, the founder and CEO of the company, famously dubbed it the year of efficiency in 2023 for the company and proceeded to lay off more than 20,000 people across the board. That being said, the company was received very well on Wall Street and wasn't going to pull back when it came to dividends. They actually announced their first ever dividend and they also announced stock buybacks. Wow. All right. So besides Meta, who more recently has announced job cuts? Mattel is one. PayPal is another. Nike is one of the more recent ones, too. Estee Lauder, Levi Strauss. Those are a lot of the household names that have been announcing layoffs. Okay. So if costs are rising, then why not just pass the costs on to us consumers? Very good question. One of the economists I spoke to for the story told me that companies have lost their pricing power, meaning that consumers have run out of patience and you can't just keep jacking up the prices at a certain point, people just stop buying those products. And so they have to find another way to reduce costs. How does that translate to banks, Melissa? Because there have been cuts there too, correct? Yes. Banks have seen layoffs. And this really happened on the earlier end of the trend. I would put them in the category of meta that they cut early because they were seeing capital become much more expensive with, with interest rates going up and actually are one of the rare industries that if interest rates do start getting cut in either later this year or in the near future, they could see more deals and potentially need for more workers or at least their same number of workers. So they were on the earlier wave of cost cutting compared to some of the names I mentioned more recently. Mm. We're speaking with Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC. Their story is called Companies Profitable or Not Make 2024 the Year of Cost Cuts. What was the point in your story about the shifting patterns? Yes, you know, one of the reasons why companies are tightening, the, tightening their belt is that we are seeing still kind of the undoing of a lot of interesting patterns during the pandemic. We saw, you know, revenge spending that translated to people traveling more, for example, and airlines are are now, you know, catching up to a more normalized pattern of travel. Same goes with retailers. People were buying a lot more goods than they typically did. Now that's kind of reversed. And so if your customers are buying less and you're delivering a forecast that's either declining or just more modest looking, it's a little harder for companies to say we're going to spend the same amount of money or have the same size of workforce, even as our sales decline. Your reference to uh, forward momentum here, almost like a like a monkey see, monkey do. Like if if you're what peers in the industry are announcing layoffs, you, you can sort of get away with it, too. Exactly. I spoke to a a few different um, industry experts that were saying that, no, layoffs beget layoffs. Basically, there's a little bit of a safety in numbers factor. So if you are a company that's planning to either cut people or cut back in other areas, say close stores or, you know, shut down divisions of your business, it's a good time to do it when other companies are doing that too, because you look like you're part of this broader trend rather than kind of standing out on a limb on your own. You know, one of the other trends is that there is this interesting dynamic where even as demand cools in some cases for, you know, goods on the retail side, or, you know, it's not as intensive demand for travel, a lot of companies still have higher costs, just like people are, you know, really tired of their grocery bills being higher. Companies have their own version of that, where, where 
aspects of inflation have been stickier for them. And one of those big expenses that has not gone down is wages. In a lot of places, minimum wage has gone up because of state mandates or city mandates, but also airlines, automakers, and even UPS, that the package giant, have had some serious labor contracts that have increased wages for workers. And so they're also trying to digest those big wages and figure out how do you make the budget work, kind of like a household managing their budget. Thanks, Melissa. Melissa Repco, retail reporter at CNBC. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Hey, glad you're with us. Welcome into Friday. Time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, we have a couple of updates today to some stories we've told you about recently. Let's start with the potty mouth parrots that are rehabbing their reputation. We told you back in January about the eight parrots at a British zoo, which were parroting such bad language they had to be moved in an attempt to set them straight. The eight were moved to an enclosure with 92 other more polite parrots, which wasn't guaranteed to work. Zoo officials feared they could end up with 100 swear wearing parrots instead of just eight. Good news, though, a few weeks in, it seems to be working. Zoo officials told the BBC that they aren't hearing any of the bad language as of late. However, one parrot has picked up a different annoying habit, singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas over and over again, which was fine back in December, but not so much in late February. <laughs> What's up next? Irish tunes ahead of St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I guess that's better than the swearing, right? That's they had to basically take the parrots away from the kids because, yeah. uh, well, First, it was some, you know, kind of mischievous people that were feeding the parrots the curses in the first place, right? And then they just kind of repeat them over and over again, and they had to be moved away. Too funny. Well, they say like the best way to train a dog, for example, is to use trained dogs. Right, right? yes. To teach the dog how right. to behave and such. So I guess <laughs> same thing applies for parrots. Yeah, that makes some sense. But of course, we wish you a Merry Christmas in July this yeah. year. Is it not going to be well That's received? That's funny. That's funny. And uh, we all had a laugh when it was announced, but it's finally becoming a reality. The Florida Man Games are set to hit the Sunshine State tomorrow. The event takes place in St. Augustine and was started by a local news publisher as a play on the state's notoriously wacky headlines, many of which we've discussed here over the years. Some of the events at the Florida Man Games will include beer belly wrestling, a mullet contest, a weaponized pool noodle mud duel, a grabbing dollar bills in hurricane wind simulator, and perhaps the signature event, running from real police through an evading arrest obstacle course. (laughs) American gladiators from the Netflix show Muscles and Mayhem will serve as the judges, and the tickets, if you'd like to bear witness, range from $45 to $175. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know what that gets you. That's 175. like some, it's, some sort of VIP experience yeah. at the Florida Man Games. Right. There. Behind the stage. Yeah. Luxury suite. Shake hands with an American gladiator. Who knows wow. what that gets you? I don't know, but uh, that might be too rich for my blood. And beer belly wrestling. Can we just assume this is big dudes? I, well, you have We're to gonna throw so. down. I mean, there's no such thing as a skinny person with a beer belly, right? I mean, I guess. yeah, yeah, you got to got to be some big guys doing wow. that. American gladiators judging. Yeah, not bad. I told you I tried out for that show one time as a contestant, didn't I? I don't think I remember that. No. I don't this think like, you ever told me that story. No, no, no. like a early mid 1990s. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I went up to try as heyday. a contestant. I, really? There were certain like measurements. Like I could the, the push-ups. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. the, my sprint speed was fine. Like they were measuring all those things. But it came to the fingertip push-ups. Oh boy. Nope. No good. <laughs> Not quite. No, I wasn't ready for that. No going against nitro for you. Got cut. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Getting older used to mean losing strength, maybe losing stamina in the office or bedroom. Hey guys, it's Gordon Deal, excited to share that Nugenics Total Tea is helping me and guys everywhere crush the stigmas of age. For me, that afternoon energy drop? 
No longer. Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster will help you re-energize your life. Try Nugenics Total Tea for free before you buy. Get your complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter keyword Gordon. Nugenics Total Tea is backed by years of science to safely maximize your free and total testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Gordon. Text now and you'll also get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the most powerful fat incinerator ever. Text 231231 and enter keyword Gordon. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Number one, doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on independent survey. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday. This year, more spring breakers are looking for adventure like scuba diving or hiking. That's from the travel insurance platform Squaremouth. Here are four things you need to know about spring break travel for 2024 from USA Today. Number one, both domestic and international round-trip airfare are cheaper than last year, according to Hopper. Flights to Europe have gone down by 7% to an average of 640 bucks. Flights to Mexico and Central America dropped 11%. Number two, whether domestic or international airfare should be booked one to two months in advance for the best price. Those who are more flexible on where they're going can hold off a bit. Number three, most popular spring break destinations, Orlando, Las Vegas, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and Nashville. Number four, for some cheaper beach destinations, trade Cancun for Jamaica and Puerto Rico for the Dominican Republic. Consider replacing Miami or Fort Lauderdale for Tampa. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The U.S. Justice Department said four foreign nationals have been arrested and charged with transporting suspected Iranian-made weapons on a vessel intercepted by U.S. naval forces in the Arabian Sea last month. The four were allegedly transporting missile components similar to those used by Houthi rebels in recent attacks. Two Navy SEALs died during the mission. Number two. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has criticized an Arizona prosecutor who said she will not extradite a New York City murder suspect. Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell explained she will prosecute 26-year-old Rod Almansori for the alleged stabbing of two women in Arizona before, term- before turning him over. Bragg says Mitchell is playing political games. I do not know what they do in Arizona. But I know that here in this county, New York County, we routinely seek and get remand, which means the person's in custody in our murder cases. Al-Mansouri is also being accused of killing a woman in a New York City hotel. Number three. Police suspect foul play and are investigating after a woman's body was found with visible injuries on the University of Georgia's campus yesterday. UGA Police Chief Jeff Clark. This is a tragic day. And I want to offer my most sincerest condolences to the grieving family, friends, and campus partners. Authorities have not revealed the victim's identity and police say they do not have a suspect. A New Hampshire man has been convicted of second-degree murder in the death of his five-year-old daughter. Police infer 34-year-old Adam Montgomery committed the crime two years before his daughter was reported missing in 2021. Her body still has not been found. Former talk show host Wendy Williams has been diagnosed with the same form of dementia as actor Bruce Willis. The 59-year-old's diagnoses of prim- primary progressive aphasia and frontotemporal dementia have already had behavioral and cognitive impacts. KFC has unveiled a new creation, Chitsa. 
It is a combination of fried chicken and pizza with marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, and pepperoni toppings. It will be available February 26th. I like the sounds of that. That's What are you, what are you pairing with that? A blue Moon beer? Uh, For me, it's too much. Wine it's, and Kugel? What? It's, it's one of those things like just because okay. you can doesn't get, mean you should. Get out. <laughs> get out. Pure opportunity. It's what Michigan is all about. The opportunity to do more. The opportunity for all businesses to reach their full potential. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to discover all the ways the MEDC is helping Michigan thrive. Thanks for being with us. It's been decades in the making, but a South Carolina man finally has a high school diploma. Fred Smalls was awarded an honorary diploma from Georgetown High School recently in a ceremony attended by more than 100 people. Mr. Smalls, by the way, just turned 106 years old. UPI says his granddaughter, Berdella Kinney, worked for over a year to get Smalls his diploma. Smalls, born in February 1918 in the Plantersville area of Georgetown County, attended school in a building in the woods with no name. He left school after the eighth grade to move to Washington, D.C. and help support his family by working in the tobacco industry. Kinney has been using TikTok to document her grandfather's favorite activities, including watching football, boxing, and westerns, and spending time with the family's dog. ABC News even featured him last fall as the oldest Philadelphia Eagles fan and organized a meet-and-greet with players. 106 years old, finally has a high school diploma. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.